This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 63. Happy Mother's Day! Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, today we have a special guest for you. Vicki Courtney. Yes. So she is the best-selling author of many books and Bible studies, but we are interviewing her particularly on her new revised and expanded version of Five Conversations You Must Have With Your Son and Five Conversations You Must Have With Your Daughter. So a little bit about her. She and her husband have three grown children. I love how she says this. They have a son in love, two daughters in love, four grandsons and a granddaughter and they actually she just said that they have another grandchild on the way as well that's so exciting they live in austin texas and they're blessed to have their children and grandchildren around which is so beautiful and she also mentions in the podcast as well that they are on social media so she's able to send all the you know the scary facebook articles and whatnot to her children and be like just want you to know it's out there (laughs) (laughs) well the neat thing about these books that she wrote and the questions that we were asking her about them is that when she wrote the initial versions, she had years ago. Yeah. She had, she, she was pretty much writing it to, you know, older Gen X slash boomer parents who were raising millennials. Millennials. And when she revised this significantly, I had to do a ton of research around it. She realized that, Oh wait, I now need to write to millennial parents who are raising Gen Z and younger kids. Mm -hmm. So it's neat to see how she's revised the five questions from the previous versions to this one and, and what she's learned and how parenting is different now. It's just such a cool perspective because a lot of times in the process of writing, a lot of your thoughts gets crystallized, Right. right? You have opinions that you, that you think work and sometimes they don't work, but when you have to put them down on paper, Right. And I know this. It's forever. (laughs) So you have to like double check, triple check. Is this really what I believe? If not, what do other people say? So she's definitely an expert that you're going to want to hear from. Right. And we wanted to reach out to Vicky to do this interview as well because it is approaching Mother's Day. And we just wanted to be able to touch base with a mom who is now a grandmother and been, you know, saying, hey, I have gone through this road. I am on the other side. And here's some advice and here's some validation for y'all. So we hope you enjoy this interview. Yeah. And be sure to go to inbetween.org slash episode 64 for all the show notes. Welcome to the In-Between Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I was mentioning uh, before, just as we were about to press play, that I feel like this is a full circle thing happening for me right now. Since you wrote the best-selling book series, Five Conversations You Must Have With Your Daughter and Five Conversations You Must Have With Your Son about 10 years ago, and my mom read these books. (laughs) So now, yeah, I am reading these books over again, but actually in a second version. So, but going back to the first time you wrote them what initially inspired you to write these books 
Well, I, at that time, I actually had a couple kids still in the nest. I have three kids, and they're all grown and raised now, married, raising children of their own. Glory, hallelujah. Um, <laughs> the sweet off spot. The pay, right? Off the payroll, right? Yeah, so, yes. um, Such freedom. But <laughs> I think it was, you know, at that point, I had a couple of high schoolers, and so I knew I was nearing that, you know, emptiness stage of life, and I had been in ministry for a decade or more doing mother daughter events across the country and that sort of thing. And I just really wanted to give moms something in their hands, a tool to help them have what I, you know, felt like were really necessary conversations Mm -hmm. just based on a lot of it was based on the events I was doing, just, you know, getting to meet moms and girls from all over middle school, high school age, even doing some tween girls events. And by default of that, I felt like I really been given a front row seat to what was going on in the, in the culture at that time and saw how it was necessary for moms and dads to step up to the plate and start tackling some of these difficult topics with their, their kids. And uh, that wasn't always happening. And I know that I was even the mom at times that felt a little gun shy to talk about certain things that is just awkward, you know, and, and then once your kids get to the teenage years, especially if you have a daughter, you might get the eye roll or whatever. Well, only once, right? <laughs> yeah, just one time yeah. and then it's all settled, right? You know, so yeah, it was just more of a wanting to hand moms what I wished I'd had, mm-hmm. in, you know, during those years. And of course, you know, I had the Bible and other things like that to help guide me, but it would be nice. It would have been nice to have had some something out there that was really addressing the issues in culture real time. And, you know, and so that, that was my original passion in writing the books. And I would say it's the same thing in going back and updating the books for today's generation. And mm-hmm. that really was, I'll, I'll be honest, that was a challenge because uh, when my publisher approached me a couple years ago and said, you know, Hey, a lot has changed. Um, would you be willing to update and expand these conversations? I, my heart was in it. I wanted to do it, but I also, you know, having been an empty nester for a little while at that point, I felt like I had mentally and emotionally retired from all that that was going on mm-hmm. in culture. Right. Ignorance is bliss, if you will. And I had young, I had young grandchildren. So, you know, I was like, Oh, do I really want to know what's going on? It's just, <laughs> I, you know, not knowing, yeah. you know? And, um, and so I jumped in cause that really what God reminded me of is just, Hey, you know what? Your grandmother, you have skin in the game. Mm. Uh, you got these five grandkids soon to be six, uh, more to come. I joke and say my kids are breeding like rabbits. I mean, it's just, you know, it seems like there's a new one around the corner every day. <laughs> That's uh, to be awesome. born. And so, um, all that to say, I was like, yes, I've got skin in the game. I'll do this. Um, and I jumped in, started, you know, researching, read hundreds of articles, dozens of books, uh, because what I quickly figured out is that the original books were written to parents raising, by and large, the millennial kids. That would My kids would fall into right. that millennial category. And so these new books were being written to really millennial parents, and maybe some that were the generation above them, raising this new generation, which they can't decide if they're going to call them iGen or Gen Z. So I go back and forth. Um, And it's a completely different generation than millennials. 
So yeah, we see that <laughs> we are experiencing that ourselves. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Yeah. I, and you guys are probably millennials, right? And so you're like, yeah. over mm-hmm. here, like, oh, what, what happened? You know, like, these are completely different animal here. I don't understand. Yeah, and so, sure. you know, that, that was shocking to me in doing the research to see how much had changed in such a short period of time. Yeah, completely. So uh, since, since you've revised and expanded both books, uh, as a mom, what are some of those changes just really practically that you, that you saw in the society, in our society that caused you to write the second version? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, first, you know, would be, and probably the biggest challenge is that um, this is the first generation growing up in post-Christian America. And so that may cause some of your listeners to gasp and others to go, yay, all that to say, we can no longer just kind of rest on our laurels and this whole, oh, well, you know, we take them to church every Sunday. They'll they'll have a good, good value system and this Mm -hmm. and that. No, you know, I mean, our kids, whether we raise them going to church or not, are going to grow up in a completely different uh, environment than generations before them. And so it is going to be, you know, a challenge if they have this value set that really comes from biblical standards and principles. Um, And so, you know, one of the the things that, and God is, you know, again, he's just taught me so much. And I look back at the way uh, maybe when I, you know, I was raising my kids, I felt like it was more friendly to the faith, the culture in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're seeing resistance along the way, uh, but nothing like what we see today. And so really, you know, it's causing a lot of us, myself included as a grandmother, to we have to be intentional now. We really have to be intentional. We can't assume right. that, you know, our kids are going to learn values and morals just by osmosis, but sending them to public school or uh, taking them to church for that matter. And a mm-hmm. lot of the data that I was reading is that uh, as depressing as this may sound, our church kids are really making a lot of the same choices that anyone, any, you know, average kid in America is making. Right. Uh, one category to give the listeners some hope uh, that did stand out is this category of engaged Christian youth. And so that the hope in that is that that category, what, you know, what they found to be true is that the parents were very intentional when it mm. came to passing along um, their faith or mm-hmm. a value system, passing that down to their children, talking about it. So again, you know, building support for books such as my books that would encourage parents to um, have these necessary conversations. And so that was a challenge, you know, just knowing these kids are growing up in post-Christian America. Uh, also, I would just have to say social media, smartphones, that changed everything. Oh, yeah. It changed. Big game changer. Changed. Yeah, you know, when I was raising my kids, and my kids, my oldest is 30, so my kids are 30, 28, and 26, and um, they, you know, they were typical millennials, but, you know, you had like, you didn't, it wasn't until later when they were late high school, even college for my oldest son, where you had unlimited texting plans that parents (laughs) afford, but you don't realize how much that changes everything, and not necessarily a good way. And so when you were limiting your children's text messages because, hey, you know, you didn't want to break the bank and go, we can't eat this month because (laughs) you sent 120 text messages (laughs) in a month, uh, you know, that changes everything. So it's like, you know, now these kids are being handed these devices at a much younger age Mm -hmm. and they have unlimited, you know, access to the web. I mean, my oldest son, he's 30, about to be 31. 
he didn't get a smartphone until halfway through college. Yeah. And yet yeah. now you've got second graders that are like, oh, you know, even less. And I know some of our friends with kindergartners just have their old iPhones that they can kind of tinker on. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I did an event in like upstate New York and telling me like their kids get on Uber and like, you know, yeah, they got the app on their phone and they call, you know, (laughs) yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. So anyway, you know, it's just a completely completely different world out there. And so with that comes a tremendous amount of responsibility that passes Mm -hmm. along to the kids. Um, I think a lot, a lot of the parents I talk to feel uh, ill-equipped for the task, just, you know, like it's almost just too much for them. Um, as far as setting boundaries, they, they try, you know, and such, but, um, all that to say, there's a, a conversation too. I talk a lot about just the link to all that digital media, these devices mm-hmm. and the impact it's having on our kids physically, emotionally, um, spiritually speaking, but, you know, mental health issues, just skyrocketing yes. levels yeah, of depression. Right anxiety, stress, um, you know, in this Gen Z, iGen generation. And so we're going to have to get on top of it. We can't stand on the sidelines and in silence and Mm -hmm. and watch this shake out with our kids. We're going to have to step up to the plate and uh, be prepared to have some difficult conversations and make some difficult decisions. Um, Sometimes saying yes, sometimes saying no, sometimes saying wait, but at least being engaged parents when it comes to the challenges. Yeah. So, so Vicki, as you've uh, expanded and revised these two books, what's interesting uh, that I noticed was that the, in the previous two versions, uh, you had a, a separate set of conversations, five conversations for both the boys and the girls. And in the yes. new editions, it's the same five questions, uh, you know, the broader same five questions and, and it's a different set. So what caused you to, to make that shift from two sets to one set and to even revise that set for these new editions. So when I wrote the the original, the first book out was five conversations you must have with your daughter. And that, that is a decade old. And I was by default of speaking across the country to girls of all ages and moms. And, you know, I felt like there really wasn't much out there for mothers, who, you know, the specifically geared to mothers raising daughters. And so at the time those books come out, came out, it was like, yeah, I call it the Britney Spears, Gen- Spears generation, you know, where <laughs> wow. moms were, you know, we were, our primary concern was like MySpace and, oh no, you know, our daughters want to emulate Britney. So they want to wear these, you know, do the bare midriff thing. I'm like, oh, to only have those minimal problems. The good old days. The old days. It's just Britney Spears and the bare midriff. But, um, you know, and so the, that that book was intentionally written, you know, for mothers of daughters. And then my publisher came back and a year later, a couple years later, said, you want, you've got two sons and a daughter. Uh, would you write one for the sons? And so I did. And I made the conversations, as you mentioned, different. But in the luxury of having both the books come out, the revised versions or the expanded versions at the same time, mm-hmm. is that I wanted to make the conversations the same so that moms and dads raising sons and daughters could read it together and oh, not okay. feel overwhelmed with, oh no, there's 10 conversations if I have sons and daughters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and so I would say that out of these five conversations in the book, each conversation has three supporting chapters. The chapters are very gender specific. And so mm-hmm. you'll see some overlap from book to book, but you know, overall 
there it's it's incredibly different experience raising a daughter than a son and a right. son than a daughter. So the chapters are where I'm able to dive in and talk about specific challenges related to raising each gender. But it was mainly just practicality to make mm-hmm. the conversations the same. I wanted to be able to put the books in the hands of parents and have them be able to use it as, you know, a book club book. Um, and, you know, that's really popular nowadays. It's become yeah. almost pop- popular as these women's Bible studies. And and so it's easier to have a book club when you can have, and you can include the moms of sons and daughters. And daughters right. and each week you cover the same conversation, but you break out and maybe talk about, okay, you've got sons, you've got daughters. What are those specific challenges? So mm-hmm. I also include questions at the end of each of the conversations and they are different based on whether it's sons or daughters right. and, you know, to facilitate more of that, you know, deeper thinking, if you're reading the book by yourself or make it more group friendly. Yeah. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Mm-hmm. It's helpful. Vicki, you had mentioned some of the changes that you have been seeing through the decades, such as, you know, the social media and the technology and the um, post-Christian America. You know, in light of these changes, what is one thing that, specifically talking to mothers, what is one thing that we mamas need to do in terms of we need to stop doing, start doing, and continue to do? So if we can start with stop doing, what's one thing that we as mothers need to stop doing? I would say that, you know, we need to quit thinking we have to have it all together to, you know, (laughs) to even, yeah, to even begin the conversations. And so, you know, on that note, one of the things that I share in the five conversations you must have with your son book is this conversation. I think I sent it, share it at the very end of the book that I had with my youngest son. So he's 26, he's married, he's got a one-year-old and he shared with me, you know, this is after he launched from the nest and even after college, I think, and um, he made the point, you know, mom, one of the things that was so valuable to me is that you weren't afraid to let us know when we were growing up that you were just as big a mess as we were. Oh, mm. wow. How, how powerful is that? Yeah. Just yeah. the pressure it takes off our shoulders to be mm-hmm. like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute here. Are you saying that we don't have to have it, you know, all together? We don't even have to fake it, right? Because right. our kids, I feel like, you know, need to know that we're on the same road you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. This, this, our, you know, faith is a journey. And so God is still teaching us every day, new truths. Uh, We evolve as we go through our lives. We have to relearn some of our lessons over again, even as parents. Mm -hmm. And so don't have it all together. And so um, my husband and my husband, I thought did a better job than I did at he was really good at owning his mistakes, even as our kids were young, like if he had an outburst of anger, um, you know, saying, hey, kids, I'm so sorry earlier, you know, I really blew that, mm-hmm. you know, would you 
forgive me. I'm working on that. I'm, I've asked God to help me with that. That's, you know, something that's always been a weakness, you know, and I feel like that it modeled to me that, oh, wow, that's okay for me to do that yeah, yeah. as well. And there's so much freedom that comes with that. So sorry for the long answer to that no, short no, question. No, no, that's amazing. No, I think we all need to hear that. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay that our lives don't look like Instagram worthy, let's say that in sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. So what do you think um, us mothers need to start doing? talking, talking to your kids. Uh, And so, you know, so much of the data that I present in the books is that sadly, the data shows us that parents in the care, the kids are busting us. These teens, you know, are doing the Barna surveys and such and saying, yeah, no, but parents really are not having these conversations with me. Mm. And so, in fact, there was one Barna survey where youth ministers said one of the biggest barriers to teaching uh, teenagers spiritual truths is parents. Because they felt like that they were, that was heartbreaking to me that youth ministers are saying, we feel really alone, like the pressure's on us and the parents expect so much from us, yet this is really your mom and dad primary responsibility to Mm. disciple your children. And our role is to come alongside you. Yeah, you can't contract it out. Yes, true. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, yes, you they, you know, I would say they need to step up and not be afraid to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you maybe you alluded to it earlier. It's like it's you, we start getting the eye rolls and you know, it's, it's intimidating. <laughs> and then you 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 kind of shy away and you're like, "Oh, okay, they're 14 now. And they really they give me a hard time." Mm-hmm. No, you, know, you need to keep talking about these things and you might get the eye rolls. You you they certainly don't want to talk about sex and things like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. This is so awkward. <laughs> it's just flat out. Tell them with confidence. I'm sorry. You know, I'm God has given me the responsibility to raise you. And I have 18 right. years to pass down some really critical truths to you. And so we're going to have some really uncomfortable and awkward conversations. And I'm not going to make any apologies for that. Mm-hmm. And again, reminding moms, you're, you're the parent and you can do that. You know, the other thing I would tell uh, moms, and I keep saying moms, I hope dads are reading these books too, but of course they were, you know, the books were written specifically to moms raising sons, moms raising daughters, but I hear from a lot of single dads or couples doing it together, which just thrills me because I think, you know, the best scenario on a family is to have both parents um, on the same page on board with intentionality. And uh, so dads are not off the hook here, Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I share with the moms that you may think they're not listening, but they are walking away with a lot of it, you know, and my kids actually fessed up later as they left the nest and, you know, then they began to raise their own children, you know, and then all of a sudden you hear them say something and you're like, wow, I could have sworn maybe I pass that along to my Pretty children. Sure I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sounds familiar. they don't want to give me credit for it. Right. Some, you know, it's really bad is when they give someone else credit for it and you're over here like, oh, wow. I'm pretty sure I actually wrote that in a book, but oh well. <laughs> I'll underline yeah. it for you. Look at the copyright date. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and Vicki, um, what is one thing as us moms should continue to do? Oh, wow. Um, I would say grace, extending yourself grace, extending your children grace, um, never forgetting that um you are like your children, a work in progress. And Mm -hmm. as I've shared, you know, here along the way in this interview, 
it's it's very powerful for your kids to walk away knowing that it, and that you're not just teaching them these behavior modification principles, right. but this is your life and you're on the same road and that, you know, this is your journey as well. And, and to not be afraid to to let them see that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love when you're putting it as a journey and continuing to remind us moms and dads, like it's okay to make mistakes because you're going to anyway. And your kids actually really need to see the vulnerability and also need to see your brokenness because really that's going to point them to Jesus as well. Yes, absolutely. So Vicki, if you could sum up your journey through motherhood in a sentence, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. In a sentence, I would say... It could be a run-on sentence if you need. That's fine. (laughs) I'm really famous for my run-on sentences. (laughs) My editor has told me at times. I would definitely say to enjoy every single chapter. You know, it's, you, mm. I think you, I just saw some Facebook posts from some mom that it went viral. And I even took a screenshot and sent it to my daughter and my two daughters-in-laws because uh, it was super encouraging, but it was from a mom of littles, you know, like three-year-old and a little baby she was cradling. And it was talking about how she knows time is fleeting and, you know, and she's going to miss those days. And part of me was like, are you though? Are you really? Mm. Anyway, uh, there's a cynic in me somewhere. So here's the run off. I get it. Here's a sentence or paragraph or chapter. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I would say enjoy every single chapter because every chapter has positives to it, but it also has challenges to it. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, look for those positives, and most importantly, you're looking to God to lead you uh, along the way and how you parent your children, then you're going to um, pass that to your children. They're going to, you know, they're not going to see a mom that's constantly kind of depressed over, wow, I miss the days when you couldn't talk back to me or roll your eyes at me, right? (laughs) Right. You know, and so enjoy every single chapter because I know you guys get annoyed hearing those of us who are older say it, but it Mm -hmm. really, really does go by in a blink. But I'm here to tell you, I loved every minute of it. Well, I say that it was hard at times and I don't, but I don't want to go back and repeat it. Like I really Mm. love where I am today. And so I want to give the moms that hope too, because I think a lot of times we put so much emphasis on those years that we're raising our children and we don't see that there's ever been as much joy in the chapters that follow. Yeah, no, I see that even in my relationship with my mom, whereas before when I was younger, like she would never call me her best friend in the sense because you need that mom (laughs) and daughter, you know, relationship to be very clear. Whereas now we're both adults and I have children and, you know, she's a grandma now and it's like, no, you're my best friend. Like that's okay to say and that's okay to enjoy in that as well. So I love that relationship as well as we were talking beforehand, Vicki, that like grandparenting is such a sweet spot as well. It comes with its own challenges and learning how to, you know, create those boundaries in a sense, but also just how amazing it is to see your own children parent their children in that way. Oh, it really is. It's such a joy. And that's where, you know, my prayer every day is that I can be a cheerleader to my children and, you know, and I can cut back on those links to really scary articles that I send them sometimes. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is it about the grandparents that loves to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Hit share on I, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> try to tag, educate, right? <laughs> then you tag your adult children. You know, if yeah. y'all are already stressed out, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I'll be here for you. <laughs> One of those. Yeah. Well, Vicki, as this podcast episode goes out just before Mother's Day, as we wrap things up, what is one thing that you would like all the moms to know as we approach Mother's Day? You're doing an awesome job. You're, you're absolutely, you're doing an awesome job. You don't have to be perfect. There's not a formula for this. And I would say that we're the biggest encouragement God's given me is that even though it may seem at times like these are huge hurdles that we face in with mm-hmm. this younger generation, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And that has brought me so much hope to know that, that he's on this, you know, there are no surprises with God. Hmm. Love that. Vicki, thank you for being on the podcast with us. Uh, Vicki's the author of Five Conversations You Must Have with Your Daughter and with Your Son. Here are the five conversations. Number one, don't let the culture define you. Number two, guard your heart. Number three, have a little sex respect. Number four, childhood is only for a season. And five, you are who you've becoming. Uh, Is there maybe one or two of those that you find uh, maybe have risen to the surface? as you've been speaking on this and and sharing with it? I would say that, you know, probably the guard your heart when I get asked to do parenting topics is the one that I focus on so much because that is where I really dive into. There's so much that puts our children's hearts at risk in today's culture. So that, but don't make me pick a favorite. Don't make. <laughs> no. I mean, they're it's all like amazing. Yes. You, which child is your favorite, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. I love them all just the same. I really yes. do. Exactly. In a little different way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they bring all different things to the table. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, that's good. Well, Vicki, for those who would want to hear more about even, you know, how to guard your heart and conversations about uh, how to continue to talk and connect with your children, uh, where can they find you? Well, my website, VickiCourtney.com, Vicki with an I at the end, or I'm really more active, honestly, on my Facebook author page or Instagram. And so, yeah, that's where I am. And um, I do a little bit of speaking here and there. I've scaled back a lot just because I want to enjoy those grandkids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's good. Well, thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you all for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode, vickycourtney.com. Man, it was, so, it was such a pleasure to, to interview her. Oh, completely. And I was telling her after we had pressed stop, the last question where we we're just asking, like, what can you say to all the moms out there? And she was like, y'all are doing amazing. And I was like, I'm tearing up here. <laughs> like, I know that. I think every mom has moments where I'm like, man, I'm amazing. I really am. And then a lot of other moments were like, guys, I suck. Mm. <laughs> like, how could I do that mistake again? Or how can I treat my yeah, children I feel like that this too again? Dad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so just that validation and reassurance that, you know, one mistake is not going to ruin everything. And the fact that we can be honest with our children in our mistakes, in our brokenness, uh, and that would be able to really help them understand that they can make mistakes as well. We don't need to stay there. We are forgiven and we are redeemed by Christ, but also being able to understand there are second chances. Yeah. And as a dad, I know there's one question where or a couple questions that were about motherhood, mm-hmm. but as I've flipped through 
these books, it's, I mean, it's their books written for dads too. I know Vicky is coming from a female perspective, but as a dad, I need all the help that I can get. Yes. And it was really neat to just work through and, and thumb through. And I think I'm, I'm going to sit down and be like, okay, I need to digest both of these books because our kids are getting to the point where they're just having more and more open conversations mm-hmm. with us. So Right. And it'd be great, like she was saying too, that, you know, as a couple, y'all can sit down together. We can sit down together and be able to go through the books and be like, okay, what does this mean for our family and how are we going to approach these things in the future? Yeah. So just go to inbetween.org slash episode 63 for all the show notes and for links to get the books. And we'd love it if you shared this episode with a friend or someone else that came to mind as you were listening to these and like, hey, Mother's Day is coming up or, or maybe you're listening to this a little bit later. Mother's Day has passed and, and you just want to give an encouragement to another mom mm-hmm. or to another parent. So just hit the share button on your podcasting app or just uh, text them the link in between.org slash episode 63 and we'd be honored if you would share it. Well, Christina, what are we going to be covering next week on episode 64? We're going to be talking about boundaries with children, Mm. how to help your children create the healthy boundaries they need to continue to be healthy in life. So not our boundaries that we need to have with children. This is more about helping your children create boundaries. Oh, it's and. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you're in for a treat. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet done so, and we'll catch you guys next week. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.